This is FBG Jen and FBG Kristen. And I'm FBG Margot, host and producer. You're listening to the podcast that will help you keep a lid on the junk in the trunk and inspire you to live a happy and confident life. Each episode, we chat with motivational experts and celebs and share our own candid adventures in being healthy. If you're looking for a podcast that's equal parts hilarious and enlightening, well then welcome to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. Want to live that Fit Bottom life that's free of dieting today, tomorrow, and every day of your life? Take the first step by signing up for our free five-day Fit Bottom Reset email course at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash email. A happier and healthier you awaits. Welcome back to the Fit Bottom Girls podcast. This is FBG Margo and on the line today we have FBG Jen. Hello. <laughs> we have FBG Kristen. Yo. Yo. So you guys, today our guest is Radha Agrawal. She is the author of Find Your People, Create Community, and Live a More Connected Life. And she's also the CEO and co-founder of Daybreakers. And I was wondering if one of you wanted to talk a little bit about what exactly that is and how cool it is. Yeah. So I can do that a little bit. Daybreaker is... So I read her book. Um, I actually was unfortunately not able to be on this interview, but her book, belong, find your people, create community, and live a more connected life is a really, really cool read that is kind of like fills in some of the gaps, I feel like, when it comes to healthy living and the essential part of social connection and how that plays into being healthy and being happy and feeling like you're supported. And Daybreakers, which is something that she created, is she talks about it in her book. And it's a really, really interesting concept where she's like, you know what, I, I wanted to do something that so I could create, you know, my my community. And I wanted to find a like minded community that was committed to being there for each other and being healthy. And I wanted something that was booze free. And so she's like, here's a crazy idea. You know, let's all get up at daybreak and get a group of people together and dance and have a good time and, you know, create this community. And she didn't think it would, you know, I don't know, I guess she had no expectations as to how big it would get. And then now it's like this this huge thing. If you go to their website, um, which is daybreaker.com, it says that there's, you know, like half a million people that do this um, across the world and cities across the world. And they get up and basically have a dance party <laughs> with no booze and um, like healthy drinks. And now there's like events that go with it and concerts. And it's really, really expanded. But I thought the concept was really, really interesting. And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's like a party and it's kind of a workout. Well, I guess it is a workout, but it's without a gym. It's just very kind of dance based or yoga based. And I wonder, is that something that you guys would like get up and do? Could you party like that? Quote unquote. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds fun. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, it's, it's a little different because of the, you know, the, the looser focus on like specific activity, but you know, with, like, I feel like this is a lot of what brings the running community together. You know, Saturday mornings over, like, here in Sarasota, like, over by the marina, if you are in that parking lot at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning, you can show up by yourself and you will come across, I don't know, 20, maybe 30 other runners who are heading out at all different paces for all different distances. And it it does, even if you don't know anybody, it does feel like, a community and like, okay, we're all in this together. We're all do, doing something that like makes us feel good and is going to start our day off really nicely. Um, you know, and it's like, I know a lot of people who, who their morning run with a specific friend, like that is, that's totally their, their catch up time, you know? Um, so, and I, I like the getting together with people in the morning. I think I've talked about it before that I like going in and getting a coffee with somebody before work. Um, I, I don't mind the earlier hours and assuming I don't have like a stupid late night before, but yeah, I, I think this sounds awesome. I really wish that we had it here. Cause I, I would totally go. Yeah. And I was thinking just like, as we were talking, Krista, it's like on Saturday mornings, I teach a spin class and I've been teaching it for 10 years. It's a nine 30 AM mm -hmm. class and it's a local gym in Brooklyn and it's just the neighborhood. And like, I've grown up with these people, you know, I feel like we all felt like experience different life things together. And it's like my favorite way to start the weekend. And it's partially sure I'm working out, I'm getting paid. Thank you. But I'm mm -hmm. also seeing people that I really, I really adore and love and they love me back. And we 
we've just become a part of this routine and we smile we always say like to each other have a great weekend you're the start of my weekend I just feel like you know I don't know what it is it's just it's that community mixed with the workout I think it's just fantastic it's like on that positive note yes yeah and the other thing that I think is really nice about that like early morning, you know, meeting people, doing some sort of activity that's like maybe a bit challenging, um, but you're looking forward to it is it also makes you a little bit more mindful of how you're spending the evening before, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like you're, you're probably, at least in my case, like when I'm a little more dedicated to that, like, you know, I, I might say like, oh, you know, I'll meet up with you guys for, you know, for a walk or for a quick visit, but I'm not going to do like a big night out or, you know, like a, I'm not going to have three margaritas at happy hour or something, you know? Um, And I, I tend to um, focus on having like a nice, like healthier meal that's going to support what I want to do the next day. So um, I guess some people might hear that and be like, wow, cool. So it makes you boring. Um, (laughs) No, same here. I don't go out on Friday nights. Everybody knows not to ask me because, because in New York, they don't start eating till like 10 o'clock. I can't do it. I need my rest. I need to get to bed. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sleep is important. So important. We, we may be dating ourselves a little. Bit too. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I think I've always liked the early bedtimes. I don't think that yeah. I've ever been one to be like, oh yeah, I, I want to stay up and be cool. Like I'm, I'm all right with that. No, same yeah. here. I love bed. I put myself to bed early a number of times. Sleeping mm-hmm. is awesome. My daughter stays up later than I want to stay up. Most <laughs> of the time. I'm like, no, girlfriend, we got to go to bed. Time for sleep. <laughs> Well, you know what else is really enjoyable and entertaining? What's that? Us, according to at <laughs> C74 on Apple Podcasts. She gave us a five-star review and said, I just found FBG by accident. Look for Looking for more fitness and health and lifestyle information that jived with my values. Between nutrition and fitness, there are so many resources to navigate through. FBG does it beautifully with focus on the soul while providing information to improve the body supporting the person. Thank you. So thank you, Kat, so much. That is so Aww. sweet. We love That's really great. Isn't that awesome? She I mean, gets us. She gets us. Yeah. We're finding our tribe with this Kat, podcast. Email us and we'll, we'll give you stickers. Yes. We'll, we'll give you stickers. I'm, di- I'm diving yeah. right into that. Stickers. If y'all want FBG stickers and they're super cute and I've been sending them out to you guys, put them on your water bottle. Just send us an email, podcast at fitbottomgirls.com and we will get that out to you. You can also follow us on social media at fitbottomgirls. That's for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube. Am I forgetting anything? And then uh, you guys, I say we go right into this very spiritual interview with Radha Agrawal. And I said her name correctly. Good job. Reset your mind, body, and soul to be a little bit more fit-bottomed in our free five-day fit-bottom reset email course. Sign up at fitbottomgirls.com forward slash email now. Radha Agrawal is a community force. She's the co-founder, CEO, and chief community architect of Daybreaker, the early morning dance and wellness movement that currently holds events in 25 cities and more than a dozen college campuses around the world and has the community of of almost half a million people. She is a successful entrepreneur, author, speaker, DJ, inventor, and investor, and was named as one of eight women who will change the world by MTV. Her new book, Belong, Find Your People, Create Community, and Live a More Connected Life, answers the questions, how the heck do I find my people and how do I create large and meaningful communities in the real world? She lives in Brooklyn, New York with her love, Eli, and baby on the way, and her twin sister, Mickey. Welcome to the show, Radha. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for being here, my fellow Brooklynite. This is FBG Margot, and on the line today is FBG Kristen. Hello. And so we're going to just take turns asking you questions. I'm going to ask you the first one. Um, I just would love to start with Daybreaker, where you are the co-founder, CEO, and chief community architect. Can you tell us how you got this started and how it relates to your new book? Absolutely. So when I was uh, about 35 years old, I realized that um, there was nowhere for me to go to let my hair down. You know, I was in the hamster wheel of building my businesses for the last you know, five, 10 years in New York. And there was really um, sort of nowhere to go to dance 
and, and, and be free. And so, you know, when you go to a night nightclub, you're met with a mean bouncer, everyone on their cell phones, no one built drinks, you know, it's a very kind of uninspiring experience often. And the idea really came from um, just sort of going out and, and realizing, yeah, it was no longer a safe environment and or a freeing environment for me. So my friend and I, we um, decided to do a social experiment. And the experiment was, you know, can we actually reimagine nightlife, keep all the good ingredients of it? And and then maybe what if we tried it in the morning when our energy was the most full? And so it was a very wild social experiment um, that we launched in 2013. And so it's coming up on five years now. And um, so the idea was let's replace the mean bouncer with a hugging committee. <laughs> let's replace, you know, the, the alcohol with green juice, coffee and tea. And let's add performative elements like fire spinners and aerialists and, and uh, break dancers and dueling sax players and a horn section all before going to work on a weekday morning. So the idea was to kickstart your day with energy and intention and with community, especially in cities where we're the most isolated. So um, that was the big kind of um, experiment. And it turns out that hundreds of thousands of people around the country, around the world, are really craving this type of connection. So we launched in New York in 2013 and it quickly exploded and you know, we had 200 people come to our first one and then 400 to our second one and then 600 to our third one. And and all of a sudden we launched in San Francisco when a community member moved there and then launched to Los Angeles and Chicago and just all over the country. And yeah, now we're in uh, 23 cities around the world with a community of almost half a million people. Yeah, we're all word of mouth. You know, we've done really zero in marketing and advertising. It's all been friends sharing with friends and and that's been really cool to see how the community is really being built organically across the world. And that's what inspired writing the book. You know, I wanted to um, really give everyone, I started getting so many phone calls, so many emails, so many sort of messages and, and people sort of waiting to talk to me after our events to ask how we did it. How do we grow our community to half a million people around the world? How did we create this, this you know, community without marketing, you know, sort of in an authentic way? And I started getting asked to speak at conferences and just all over the place. And then I realized, that, you know, in, in a 30 minute conversation or a one hour coffee with somebody, I just could never give away all of our trade secrets. So I just wanted to write down every single thing we did across the last five years, all of our key learnings, where we made mistakes, how we we grew all our methods, um, you know, for for building community and put it all in this book. And I spent the last two years writing it and with the goal of, of giving everyone who wants to create their own community, whether it's a podcast like yours, whether it's a poet or a singer songwriter wants to build their, their audience, whether it's an, a CEO of an organization wanting to build their community across their products, whether it's an individual wanting to find their friends and answer the question, how the heck do I find my people in this social media kind of, kind of run over world that we live in? And, and that's sort of what, what inspired the book. And I wanted the book to be fun. So I illustrated all the pages. And, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a really fun, colorful book to read. Your book is called Belong. And you talked about, you know, finding your community. So I wonder, can you talk about why this concept of really belonging is so important? And why it's not just about like being a part of a community, but feeling like you really fit in there. Um, can you talk about what the difference is there a little bit? Absolutely. So, I mean, community is being used like a buzzword today. It's like sort of where organic has gone. You know, we, we really sort of um, have widened the scope for what community actually means. And so lots of marketers are now using the word community as a replacement for users. How many users do I have? You know, and, and, and right now, this country, we're facing an isolation crisis. Like one in four Americans have zero friends to confide in. And this number has tripled in the last 30 years. So we're we're dealing with one of the most um, difficult epi epidemics of our time, um, which then ladders up to all this other sort of stuff that we're dealing with, from anxiety and depression to the obesity epidemic, to gun violence, to political strife, all of these kind of difficult worlds that are prop cropping up ladder down to this one thing, which is our lack of belonging and or wanting to find our, our tribe. And so, you know, now more than ever, it's just so critical to find your community offline in the real world because the key to a happy, healthy life as Harvard showed and, you know, a seven year study is, is to, is to cultivate authentic relationships. That's it. And the more time we spend on social media, the more time we 
focus on likes and followers, the less we're um, the less we're actually feeding our souls and the more unhealthy physically we get and the more unhealthy emotionally we get as well. Okay, so I have a follow-up question to that. So let's say that um, what if somebody is in just a geographical location where finding like-minded people is really challenging um, and maybe you know, you're not really able to leave. Maybe it's where you grew up and where all of your family is and as you mentioned, there's a lot of political strife, and sometimes that makes it really hard to get along with people, even if we love them. So is there ever a time when, like, online connection can supplement that? Or what what tips would you have for somebody who's like, yeah, I totally want to find my tribe, but they're 200 miles away? Right. So, you know, I talk about this in my book in, in quite a bit of detail, but I, I call it FSFs, Five Sense Friends. You know, online communities are only good sort of until you are able to be with them offline. So, yes, it, it, it could be, it, it, you know, the online world is a wonderful catalyst to finding your people. But the goal of, of online communities is actually to connect and meet offline because we're, we're all animals at the end of the day. We, we need to have all five senses satiated for us to survive and thrive. If we're only using our eyes and ears through our screens and our phones, we actually can experience deep happiness and belonging. And that's really um, essential for our survival as a species. And so VR and AI and all of these things are trying to connect the world unless it ultimately leads to an offline experience, then we're actually heading in the wrong direction. So um, so yeah, I do think there's deep value in using the sort of the, the online world as a means to find and source and and really connect with people who are like-minded, but ultimately the goal is to is to connect with them in the real world and and to find them in your city, in your town. And I think so often, especially and certainly for what happened to me, you know, I was I'm born and raised in Montreal, Canada. I and then I grew up in, and I, I I went to Cornell and and Cornell has a campus of twelve thousand people, but I typically only hung out with the people in my dorm floor, whose you know rooms were to my left and to my right. And then when I started my company. I only really kind of looked around the cubicles around me. And in every city, whether it's small or large, there is going to be a like-minded person like you who's living in that city, who's feeling the same level of loneliness as you. And it's just about, you know, I, I talk about this in my book, I have, I call the four stages of community and the outside ring, imagine a bullseye, it's four rings. The outside ring of this bullseye is what I call the exploratory phase of community where, where, you, where, where you write down first, I mean, the first half of my book is about going in and getting to know who you are. So when you're exploring the world and community around you, you actually have a more specific idea of not just like, you know, finding someone who lives close to you, but someone who shares your interests and can really sort of support your, yeah, your, your values and your interests. And so what I did was when I felt this sort of deep sense of isolation, when I turned 30 years old, I looked myself in the mirror and I realized I didn't belong. And that was the moment I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, I, I spent my twenties in sports bars watching football I didn't care about, drinking beer I didn't want to drink, mm-hmm. hanging out with people who didn't inspire me. When there's a whole city that's, you know, forget a small city where it might be hard, bigger cities are actually where you feel the most isolated. And and why is that? Is because, you know, we don't know where to start. And that's really what I wanted my book to offer is like, here's very simple, tangible ways of of starting. And step one, it's, a, it's an inside journey. Let's get to know ourselves. But then getting to the exploratory phase, to your, to your question, it's, it's really first getting outside of, of your immediate neighborhood and finding like-minded communities. For example, for me, it was, okay, I, I want to find local entrepreneurship communities who are social entrepreneurship communities, particularly who are creating businesses that inspire social change. So then I found, you know, small communities like that in New York. And then I was like, I'm very interested in music and the festival and dance world. So I started exploring those worlds around me. So it's really about sitting down first and, and thinking about what are you interested in today and I guarantee you, whether it's a small town or a big town, those people, those like-minded friends and, and, and community members exist. It's just about sort of getting organized and getting very intentional about who you're looking for and what and where. And, and that's what my book really supports. So I really like your idea about introverts and extroverts. And I kind of call myself like an outgoing introvert. So I have like a hard time reaching and I, I'm like you, I live in New York City and it can feel like the smallest city, but you can also feel so, so alone in this city at the same time. Sometimes it's, you know, 
Totally. Totally. So can you talk a little bit about that spectrum of introvert out and um, introvert and extroverts and how that relates to belonging? Absolutely. So one of the things that I've I've realized living in New York for, you know, almost 15 years now, and, and also just as I've built communities around the world, you know, in all 23 cities, I'm studying people all day long. This is what I, I do. And one of the things I've noticed is that sort of over the last five years or so, or you know, five or six years, there's all of these sort of nifty labels that have come into the zeitgeist. So introversion, extroversion, even if Carl Jung sort of created these words and, 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 and designed kind of this this sort of world to help us connect to one another more meaningfully. Over the last few years, I've noticed that people are taking these words to extremes. So introvert means I, I, you know, I get fueled and and I, I get energy when I'm alone. Extrovert means I get energy when I'm around people. Um, but but those are very sort of, you know, if you're truly ext- introverted, according to Carl Jung, who invented these words, you would be in an insane asylum. <laughs> you know, if you're truly extroverted. According to Carl Jung, you're 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 going to be in an insane asylum. So it, it really, all of us, every single one of us, live at the, in in the in the spectrum, what I call metavert. You know, really in between introvert extrovert. And depending on the day, how we're feeling, our stress levels, our hunger levels, our sleep levels, our relationship levels, all of that stuff will impact where we are on that on that spectrum. And yet, so many of my friends, I noticed when I started dating someone, for example, one of my girlfriends started identifying as as introverted. When I knew she was one of the most extroverted, outgoing people that I that I knew, but started identifying with this word, and then became more and more and more insular, and and I found that to be interesting. And and we are, you know, what we say we are. You know, we are. We we begin to sort of we are self fulfilling prophecies. So if we say I'm a certain thing over and over again, I'm socially anxious. I'm socially anxious. I'm socially anxious. I'm introverted. I'm introverted. I'm extroverted. I'm extroverted over and over again. All of a sudden, maybe those days that you're not feeling extroverted, your friends are going to be like, what's wrong? Like, what happened to me? Like, I would always say that I was social, I was social, I was social. And some of the days when I was feeling a bit more quiet, my friends would always ask me what's wrong with me, you know? And, and I was like, I'm just feeling a bit quiet today. And, and so I think if we just kind of broke all of the labels and the barriers that we, we create around ourselves, then life becomes a lot more interesting and a lot more malleable, a lot more flow state. And that's really what I, I talk about, you know, in my book as well, of just like, you know, let's break all the barriers. And and the whole point of labels is to actually connect us more meaningfully to one another. So if someone says I'm an introvert or I'm introverted, I'm, I'm a more type on the spectrum, you know, then I know that I'd probably connect better with her one on one. Someone who's like, oh, I'm super extroverted. I might, you know, I might sort of better connect with this person in a more social setting. But none of it is sort of mutually exclusive, right? Like I deeply love being in social settings. I also deeply love my one-on-ones with friends. So I just, I've stopped pigeonholing myself and it's been, and I've, and I've shared this with lots and lots of friends. And as I watch them sort of break their own labels, you, you know, you begin to see the power of how labels sort of limit you. I really like that because um, when we were prepping for this interview, I was thinking about the fact that I've known a lot of people and I've probably been the person at certain points in my life, um, you know, who kind of prides themselves on the fact that like, oh, well, I don't fit in with that mold or, you know, no, I'm, I'm not like that. I'm different. And not because they like feel special. They just don't feel like they belong there. And it's, I think sometimes easier to point that out to others than it is to have it pointed out to you if you're not quite fitting in. Right. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that and and go a little, maybe even a little bit more into that breaking down of labels and, you know, how how that's useful, but like how we can use those to find our, because I think there's also something in the idea that if I'm saying, oh, well, I don't fit in, then when I find my other person who doesn't fit in, like, okay, cool, let's go not fit in together. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you're banding together. (laughs) Right. (laughs) still around not fitting in you know like you're connecting and I find that to be sort of hilariously oxymoronic like when I see you know the books on introversion and everyone's banding together around the concept of introvert it's like you're creating community and getting energy from other people (laughs) calling them introvert in in and of itself you're creating community and getting fueled and energized by other people 
in the same way that you are. So it's, it's the same thing as liking basketball and calling yourself an introvert, you know, so it's, or an extrovert even. So, yeah, you no, know, I, it just, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting, um, it's very interesting to label yourself um, and, 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 and specifically around something that isolates you, but then yeah. you get energy from, you know, from the social side of coming together anyway. So, but so, 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 you know, one of the things that I, I try to do with our team, our community, you know, is to really first get into your body around that. So I think so often labels are so intellectualized or so sort of, um, cerebral in nature. We're so in our heads about these things that one of the things about why, you know, Daybreaker is so special and why, um, you know, why I'm, I'm very focused on the mind body connection is that once you start getting into your body, you begin to break down a lot of your labels. And so, um, I call that the dose of Daybreaker. So dose is a, is a word that I discovered. I don't know if you read that in my book, but it's like dopamine. It's, it's an acronym that I discovered, you know, late one night as I was doing the research on the science of dance and how it actually can support you as a human being in general. And, and dose stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins in my definition. And it's wild that, um, that no one has put that together. The idea of like, dose, which is a medicinal kind of drug over the counter drug is actually, if you think about it, it's something that you can naturally, um, you can naturally sort of inspire in your own mind. And so, and I, I, you know, I'm getting a little off topic here, but, but I, I think it's important to, sh to share that once we think of every interaction that we have or every experience that we go to through the lens of, of dose, then all of a sudden labels are broken because ultimately every single human has the same quartet of happy brain chemicals that we want to release. It's the dopamine, which is the pleasure reward. It's the feeling of I've done something, I've accomplished something. So whether you're introverted, extroverted, whatever label you give yourself, we all want to release our dose. <laughs> so, so the dopamine you get from pleasure reward, I wake up in the morning and go dance or I get a, a, a task accomplished, that feels good. You know, the dopamine you get from listening to music. There's so many sort of other ways to, to, to get your dopamine rush. And it's in my book as well. Um, the oxytocin you get from touching each other, the sense of touch and community, whether you're introvert or extrovert, you still want hugs. You still want to high five your friend. You still want to connect with someone, you know, physically and in a non-creepy way, you know, obviously. And then, and, you know, here's a wild stat for you. Americans on average touch each other upwards of once in a conversation compared to Puerto Ricans and Mexicans who touch each other upwards of 130 times in a conversation. So we are, our, our society, our culture in America is physically starved for affection. And yet we turn to porn. Number, America is the number one porn viewer in the world. Um, so we replace our need for touch with sexual energy. And it's, it's just a, a world which we really need to think about. So oxytocin is the O in dose. The serotonin you get from feeling a sense of worth. So whether you're an expert, any label you give yourself, you still want to walk into a situation where you're, where you feel like this is bigger than me, where I have a sense of, of, you know, it's not just the selfie and the likes and the followers, but I'm part of this larger collective. I'm, I feel the sense of worth around, you know, being part of a collective and that's the serotonin rush, um, that sense of gratitude, that sense of connection to the world around you. And because we're so focused on selfies and ourselves and personal health and, everything is me, 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 we are more depressed than ever before. And whether you're introvert or extroverted, you're, you know, you're actually depressed in, in greater degrees today than ever because we're so focused on ourselves. And, and the more we, we focus on the world around us, the happier we are. And then finally, the endorphins you get from work, moving your body, working out, the endorphin rush, the, the runner's high. Um, so if we can think of our day, not through the lens, what label we're giving ourselves, but through the lens of how are we releasing our dose today, then our whole entire world shifts. I've been checking out your Instagram feed and your book tour. It's highlighting your book tour right now. And it's amazing to look at. I, I, can you please tell us what the response has been from, from your fans and new fans and people who've been showing up? Yeah, it's been 
unbelievable to see just um, an eye opening just to see how much uh, how much excitement people have for building community. Like I was just in Phoenix a few days ago on a stop of my book tour and there was, you know, 80 people in the audience um, who came from all walks of life, you know, young people, but many middle, you know, to older, you know, 60s, 70s and 80s sharing how every single one of them felt isolated and alone and didn't feel like they, you know, like to, to your point, like that they didn't know where to find their people. And they came to this bookstore event hoping that I would share some, some answers. And, and, and what I found is that instead of doing on my book tour, instead of doing a kind of a book reading and a typical address that that's been asked of me, I've actually done community building workshops instead. And by the end of that event in Phoenix, um, I had, I had assigned, you know, four team captains. We had four different community groups that we started. So like a gardening club, a wine club, a, um, social club and um and the fourth one was a crafting club and people were just so excited and energized they've already met each other from that event and what i what i realized from the tour is just that right now there isn't a community center that people can go to it's there isn't you know churches diminishing you know within the millennial groups there there's nowhere there's no center for people to come around and and Unfortunately, right now, I mean, it's my book and my book has been a, a wonderful catalyst for, you know, now, you know, 20,000, 30,000 people who bought the book in the last three weeks to to really realize, oh, right, I can catalyze and create my own community from scratch. I don't have to go and seek it. I can actually create it and um, and or seek it. And here's how to seek it. But it's been, you know, like so one of the key learns I've learned is just like in, in Phoenix, Arizona, one of the you know three things that I noticed was that I learned was the urban sprawl, people are far away from each other, so driving is really tough. Second, it's a snowbird area, so people are kind of, kind of in and out for six months at a time, so there's not a real commitment to the city. The third is that people are transient. They come in for two years, and they leave after two years. So when you don't invest in a city, you know, it's no wonder that Phoenix is the second loneliest city in America, mm. right? So people have to invest in staying somewhere. And and this freelance world, you know, there's there's 80 million people in this country who are freelance, and the more freelance we are, the lonelier we are. Even if we feel freer on the other side of it, we're lonelier. The more we telecommute and work from our homes by ourselves, the lonelier we are. Even if we're like, oh, I get to work in my pajamas and not shave, we're lonelier. And so I've learned all that. a lot of people who came to my book events were telecommuters who work from home, who thought that that was the dream and realized, wait a minute, they really missed being in an office environment around other people. So there's just like pros and cons to all these different lifestyle arrangements that we create for ourselves. And then Denver, Colorado, I was just there um, a few days before that, you know, 100 people are moving there every single day. It's the fastest growing city in America or one of, and, and people are lonely because they're coming to the city and there's no city infrastructure to receive these hundred new people every single day who are coming to the city to give them and point them in the right direction. So I want to do, so I started a consultancy about three months ago, a community architecture consultancy to support cities, progressive organizations, you know, just like companies, humans who are just like, okay, how do I do this in my city? How do this in my company? How do this in my organization? Because right now, you know, my bookstores and my book events are, are, are currently the only place that people know how to go, where to go to. And it's very dangerous. It's very scary. Yeah. So could you talk about how this like lack of belonging or, um, you know, and loneliness, how does that impact our health? Oh my goodness. It is actually now one of our biggest epidemics is our loneliness makes us is being alone is as harmful to your physical health as being an alcoholic and twice as harmful as obesity. So we don't realize, but when we are alone, we binge. We, when we are alone, we are anxious and depressed. When we're alone, we we drink too much alcohol. We smoke too much. We're online trolling. We are we we completely binge, right? And so, and so, it, we, it's no longer just a, a mental health issue. It's now become a very prominent physically physical health issue. And so, so it is paramount that every single person listening to this podcast 
everyone that we talk to, it is so vitally important. If, if each and every one of us built a small community around us, we would be healthier physically, emotionally, and happier. And so one of the things I talk about in all of my, my book tour and my talks around the world and in every com- conversation that I have is, hey, take it, just have the courage. All it takes is five minutes to start a WhatsApp group. I'm six months pregnant right now. And I didn't know the first thing. I'm 39 years old. And I, I, you know, it's sad to say, but I don't, no one ever taught me how to be a mom or what to do in this whole, whole mom world. So I I started this WhatsApp group and I invited 20 women or what I call, we call the group modern mamas. And, and, and I, I just invited modern moms who are also working moms who are building their own companies and businesses. And I invited them to this group on WhatsApp. And it's just given me life. And in the last like two months, with the num the, the amount of skill sharing, the amount of of just sort of just resource sharing, the amount of emotional support around, you know, my husband doesn't understand me when I'm going through this or I'm dealing with pregnancy and I'm having these cravings or I feel lonely or I feel I all of these things have been for me completely mitigated by these conversations I've had with these incredible women. But then not just starting it on online, I started then, I just had our first two Modern Mamas gatherings in New York. And I we, we had you know 15 people at our events showing up and, and one woman lost her child, you know, at three months we held a, 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 a you know, a, a really wonderful meditation for her. You know, another woman was sharing how she's going through pregnancy troubles and we shared that, you know, a really wonderful skill sharing one with her. So we've met now offline twice, but it's just, it literally has saved my life in this pregnancy uh, from feeling anxiety, depression, or, or feeling, uh, you know, a sense of, I don't know what I'm doing, a feeling of, 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 um, of, of lack of, you know, assuredness around the whole process. So it just takes five minutes. And, and honestly, all 20 women who are on that thread wrote me in, 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 independently to say, you have no idea how much has changed my life. You have no idea how much has saved me. I want to start this three years ago when I had my first kid, but I just didn't have the courage to do it. I didn't know. I didn't realize how easy it would be, you know? So it just takes a moment of courage and, and five minutes of your time to go through your dress book and invite people into a group. And, you know, this is just another small example. Um, and a final sort of example to share is my mother moved to the city of Baltimore um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. She's 70 years old. I didn't know anyone. She's a Japanese woman. My mom's Japanese. My dad's from India. So my mom moves to, to, to the city of Baltimore, Maryland, and doesn't know a single Japanese woman. She wants to make friends. My, my sister lives there. She wants to be close to her grandkids. So she writes a letter, courageously, 70-year-old woman, Japanese woman, English second language, writes a handwritten letter that says, hello, my name is Mireille. I just moved to Baltimore, Maryland, and I want to make some Japanese lady friends. And I don't know anybody here, um, but... Uh, if, if you happen to be a Japanese lady and want to spend some quality time and get to know me, here's my phone number and signed Mirei. And then she drove it to the closest Japanese restaurant in the neighborhood, I kid you not, and gave it to the manager of the restaurant and said, excuse me, sir, my name is Mirei and I'd like to meet Japanese ladies, not men, ladies. <laughs> I have a husband I'm happy with. I would love to meet Japanese ladies. And can you show them? this letter if, if they come, um, if they come in and sure enough, in the last week and a half, my mom's phone has not stopped ringing off the hook. And it's just, again, a testament. And she called me up excitedly saying, you know, this woman, she's 55 and my mom's seven. She's like 55. She's a lawyer, has three kids. It's like, you know, really cool lady. I'm meeting her for lunch next week. And another lady, she has a, you know, and she just was called me with so much excitement and joy. And I just, she went from feeling, you know, again, she could have just sat and dwelled and played solitaire on her computer, or she could have gone to make friends out in the real world. And she courageously at seven years old did that and made, and has been making friends now. And that's all it takes. Like, you know, that's all it takes. Because that's, that's, I was just going to this about vulnerability and authenticity. Like you have to really be yourself and show you're not perfect and you need something. And that's hard to show people, you know, we were, there's so much shame around. I don't belong. There's shame around. I don't have any friends, but what, what, I mean, why is there shame around life is this beautiful adventure. If right now I just moved to New York, I don't know anybody. Okay. I can say, Hey, I'm a cool chick. 
want, I don't know anybody. You want to be my friend? Like, why is there so much shame around that? Why do I have to say, oh, I've got friends all over the country. I'm fine, but I don't really know anyone here. But like, if you want to be my friend, fine. You know, like, there's so much kind of posturing around, oh no, my friends from college are scattered. Like, I, I find myself doing that too, where I'm just like, oh no, you know, if I go to a new city and I don't know anybody for a book tour event, I'm by myself in the hotel room. You know, it, like I find myself making excuses for myself and, and then, and I wrote the book on belonging, you know? And so every day it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an exercise in courage and, and vulnerability. And even, you know, yesterday on Sunday, I, I happened to be home unexpectedly. I was supposed to be traveling for work and I happened to be home and I, I was, my fiance was away at his, at a wedding, you know, so I was by myself and I, I sat in my living room and I said, you know, I could spend the day to day reading books and catching up, which I would love to have done. Or I can catch up with friends and reach out to, you know, so I just, I just sent six text messages to six different friends who live in the neighborhood. And I said, Hey, I happen to be in town. Want to get lunch, want to get ice cream, whatever. And all six of them wrote me back immediately. And I, I, I met up with five of them yesterday, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's just like, and had I not done reached out and sometimes like for some reason there's pride in like reaching out for fear of rejection or there's pride in like well, why are my friends reaching out to me to see what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. But all of that needs to just be pushed aside and we just need to reach out to our friends and 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 they're just so like excited to hear from you. And and yesterday was yes, yet another example of of you know of that. And and it felt so great to just catch up with so many wonderful friends, take walks, eat ice cream, catch up for brunch, have dinner, t- you know, late night tea with another friend. It was just awesome. And it just takes that vulnerability and courage to just text your friend. And, and several of them weren't available. I had two friends who said, sorry, I can't make it. And I didn't take it personally, you know, it just, they weren't around, you know? So I just think we are so fragile. We're just so fragile today around rejection. And we take things as rejection instead of they're not available or they want to see you and they just um, are not around right now or whatever. So I just think that we, we have to, you know, kind of build thicker skins a bit more. So I want to take this back to Daybreaker because um, I like I love dancing. I mean, this sounds like my perfect thing, although it's it's not yet in Sarasota. So if there are ways for us to put in a request for that, uh, let me know. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect at an event? Um, yeah. Like what what is that like? And and is it for people who don't necessarily love to dance but are looking for something new? Yes, absolutely. So. So one of the things, you know, so first of all, Daybreaker is in 23 cities around the world. So if you go to daybreaker.com and you find your city and you put your email address in, you'll start getting our secret invitation. So anybody listening, you know, wants to come, that that's how you do it. We don't, we don't do advertising or marketing. It's just, you have to know it from somebody or you just go to our website and, and you, and you put your email in. Um, so, so one of the things we realized is it, it's, you know, it's, it's a wonderful filter to wake, to have to sort of set your alarm before an ungodly hour, like four thirty in the morning or five in the morning, dress up in costume, make the effort to to dress up, to take the train early hours. It's an extra layer of the dopamine rush of, okay, I'm going to go to bed early today. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. It's a once a month thing. You know, um, I'm going to push my envelope. I'm push my boundaries of what's comfortable. I'm going to go alone. Like thirty percent of our community members come alone. And that's my favorite thing because it's such an inclusive, warm environment. Our community is anywhere from toddlers on their parents' shoulders to Jane Goodall has been a daybreaker with her group of friends in her 80s and probably studying a new set of apes, us. <laughs> but um, but we've had, you know, we've, we have people, one of the things that's very sort of paramount to daybreaker is our intergenerational community, our, our focus on bring, bringing all the generations back together, you know, beyond labeling ourselves as introvert and extrovert. We're also siloing ourselves in age groups. Oh, how old are you? How old are you? I'm a millennial. I'm a Gen Z. I'm a baby boomer. I'm a, and all of a sudden, like because of advertising, marketing, wanting to find a better way to focus their ad dollars, we have now been relegated to living in these worlds where we can only hang out with people our age or in a category. Whereas when I'm 75, I want to be hanging out with 20 year olds, you know. And I'm a 20. I mean, I'm a, I'm a 39 year old woman. I have friends in my in their 70s, friends in their teens and who are dear friends of mine. And, and, and I've made it a very, very big focus of mine to find friends across all ages. Cause you gain such wonderful perspectives across all ages. And my fiance is 13 years younger than me, you know, and, and, and that would have been taboo 
10 years ago. Um, so, so it, you know, intergenerational, multi-generational community is so critical in, in bridging the loneliness epidemic because that's a big part of it is we're pushing all of our elders into elderly communities and we're, hey, we're having our millennials just be in this one category. We just, we just need to just break all of those barriers, all of those silos as well and, and start kind of dancing on the fireplace again. So that's really what Daybreaker is about. It's about creating a space in the morning when our energy is the most full, when we're the most vibrant, where studies have shown we're the most optimistic and give people a venue to, to celebrate. And yes, you can dance and it's it's centered around dancing and letting go. And, and if you say you're not a dancer, I beg to differ. We are all dancers. We've just been, we just had it beaten out of us. You know, we, we if we just allowed our body to move the way it naturally wants to without feeling the judgment of ourselves and one another, then we will be free. We are reconnecting neural pathways that have been dead for years. We are getting creative, more creative in our work, in our life, in our joy um, by letting our body move regardless of how silly we think we look based on what society's version of what cool looks like. So I really encourage everyone who comes to, to actually get out of that judgment space. And our MCs do that. We train all of our MCs around the country, around the world, to help everyone coming, whose first time it is, to, to get out of their heads and into their bodies, flop around in those human meat suits <laughs> that we get to be in for 100 years, and just get weird and silly and stop judging ourselves. Bop around, you know? And that's, that's really what Daybreaker is about. It's about a completely judgment-free, inclusive all is shapes sizes to dress up before going to work and 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 start your day with energy and intention so what is next for you i mean after the baby of course <laughs> what do you have planned in the future oh yes yeah. so i'm launching three new verts i've been working on for the last 18 months you know obviously the, the fourth most important project and the first on my list is obviously my my, my baby maybe baby girl but she is, of course, a big focus of mine. But but the three projects I'm very interested in now is as you know, as I've learned so much about from our communities around the world, as I've asked and polled our community members, what are they struggling with? What do they want support with? What wisdom do they want to learn uh, from one another? You know, one of the main things that I realized is that on- online learning, how we're learning from some of the smartest people in the world, are getting lost because online courses have three percent completion rates. For example, we were not. People care about, you know, the top of the funnel, like how many users can I get to sign up? But nobody cares if you actually finish these online courses. They just want more people to sign up and make more money. And so I'm very interested in wisdom, real wisdom being passed on from generation to generation. So we've identified 12 topics from polling 8,000 of our community members and asked them what they're struggling with and identified things like love, sex, and relationships, financial abundance, time management, unlocking your entrepreneurial mindset, self-love, you know, all these topics that we struggle with and never learn in school. And I found, you know, we found, identified the best experts in the world from like John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods, to David Bach, the expert on financial abundance, who's written nine, nine best-selling books, to Dr. Mark Hyman, the number one functional medicine teaching about nutrition essentials. So we, we've really identified the best and the brightest. And We've built out a text message-based platform. I, I, we, we sort of looked at the communication landscape and, and recognized that 90% of our open rates happen on text message. So we're now going to sort of start sending daily wisdom and courses and classes and challenges to your cell phones. When you're waking up, you're not just getting you know, emojis and, and sort of silly, fun texts from your friends, but now you're actually learning wisdom as well to start your day. So we want to go deeper and wider with our community members across the world and give them real tangible um, opportunities to learn and and kind of sharpen their skills around their day-to-day life skills that we don't actually are get, we don't, we're not given tools around. So that's something that's very important to me. Another one I'm working on is called the Museum of Dance. It's an immersive dance uh, museum where we pay homage to dance history, dance culture, and really bring immersive to a whole new level where it's not just selfies taking, you know, but it's really about um, deep and meaningful connection to your body, to the history of dance, the history of movement as it relates to women's liberation, to political liberation, to, um, to, to the war, you know, just so much of our history is tied to dance and we don't realize that. So 
giving a venue an immersive theater space to do that. Um, we're building that in New York, like a 30,000 square foot space we're launching in 2020. Um, and then the third um, project I'm working on is a community architecture consultancy. So, t- you know, I'm giving 10 um, progressive organizations and brands um, uh, my time and my team's time. We have 35 community architects in our, in our, um, on our roster, and we're going to support 10 organizations a year in, um, in helping them build their communities with intention and thought and scale it meaningfully. Fantastic. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Yes. Um, they can find me on Instagram at love.rada, L O V E dot R A D H A. Um, and then online, um, you can, you know, find me at radaagrawal.com. So that's my full name.com. And then daybreaker at daybreaker.com. My book belong at belongbook.com. Um, and, uh, and any of those websites will lead to one another. So we have just one more question to ask you before we let you go, because we just, we can see you're very, very busy. And we really appreciate, <laughs> we really appreciate your time that you gave us. So we just have one more for you if you're ready. Sure. Okay. What was the last song you listened to before you did this podcast interview? I listened to Make It Right by FDVM, who's my favorite DJ and producer, a French DJ producer. Um, Make It Right is just like this beautiful, joyful um, song. And his style of music and production is just so um, positive in a, in a world of pretty dark, you know, rap music and dubstep. Right. I like to listen to music that really wakes my up and gives my gives my spine a little tingle of my day. F D V M, which is four consonants, <laughs> but uh, but really beautiful music. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. It's been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's and all that you're doing for your listeners as well. Love this show? Tell us why in a five-star review on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. Also, make sure you are a subscriber. If you want to reach out to say hi or have a question about a recent episode, yay, well, feel free to email us at podcast at fitboundgirls.com. And if this podcast jives perfectly with your brand, consider sponsoring the show. Get more info by emailing advertising at fitbottomgirls.com. Find all kinds of Fit Bottom goodness online and on social media at Fit Bottom Girls, Fit Bottom Mamas, Fit Bottom Eats, and Fit Bottom Zen. And if books and movies are your thing, check out the other podcast I co-host called Book vs. Movie, which you can find anywhere where you search for podcasts. Thanks for listening.